Gilmore gets the steal though. Out and running. He's gonna look to take off. Oh! Devin Gilmore! Team Hotel Montanote from Glanmar. And they're starting five. Onya McKenna, Neve Dwyer, Gronya Dwyer, Marie Breen, and Tamitza Bacic. That's been put home by Emmett Donnelly, and that's his first field goal of this final. 26 points for Rachel Van der Waal. It's been a long time since anyone has said this. Neptune have won the cup. And then final to Lee Tigers versus Celeste. I'm here with Adele Thornton, the first player in Irish basketball history to win MVP under 18 and the under 20. Detect denied and victory for UCC Demons. It's Garvey's Tralee Warriors have come out winners. 45 points in made C point shots from CJ Fulton. The Huskies have retained their title. They are cup winners for a fifth time. Second, Corsair Ashley Good second, Ockham will score on Rockall. Grim for that Rockall. Oh, for that Corsair. Corsair Hart. Corsair Grootsit. A DCU. Hello and welcome to another Basketball Cup Series episode. This is the Women's Cup Quarterfinals Preview. On this episode we had our panel discussion with Niall McDermott and Suzanne McGuire and we discussed the season so far, the movement of players across the league, before we make our predictions for the upcoming round of Cup games on the weekend of the 2nd and 3rd of December. A quick note, that panel was recorded on Friday, November 17th, prior to last weekend's round of Super League and National League games. But up first, we check in with Liffey Celtic star Sorka Tiernan, live from the National Basketball Arena a few weeks ago during the Irish Senior Women's training session ahead of their game versus France. Okay, delighted to be joined by Irish international and Liffey Celtic star Sorka Tiernan. Uh, we're live from the National Basketball Arena. Sorka, I'm going to wish you the best of luck against France on Sunday, but unfortunately this is all about the National Cup and this won't be live until after that game. Uh, so I'm going to talk about all things National Cup. What is your first memory of National Cup? Because my first memory of National Cup is probably watching uh, Liffey Celtic's uh, play against Galester and that was back when it was like two legs so we uh, drew a game in the Minities, uh like scored a buzzer beater, Anya scored a buzzer beater, uh, I was probably only about 10 but she was still playing at that point um, uh, to send it to overtime but there was no overtime because it was a double leg so we went back over to Galester the week after and unfortunately lost but that was my first memory of it um, and then my first memory of playing I was playing with my sister when I was under 16 she was under 18 and that was really nice to get to play with her for a while. I remember we only spoke about it there but our first my first local cup memory is playing against yourself in the Alder Hall and you beat us by one point in the under-12 Dublin League Cup. Do you remember that game? I do remember that game. I think it was, it was a pretty tough game, so it was, uh, there was a few big names there. Obviously yourself, myself, Elizabeth Black, she was very good, and then you know on our side, Neil Masson and a few others. So uh, that was a great game and probably the start of uh, a great cup run for, for us yeah. for a few years. So Yeah, unfortunately we couldn't. I remember we, you won by one point. We had two free throws at the end of the game. We missed... Uh, my teammate missed them, but I do remember, I can't blame her completely, I stole the ball. I'm going to say it's yourself, I can't remember who it was, and I went for a layup. And do you remember the old boards in Oblitz? Do you remember yeah. they were old? Like, and I went up for the layup, and I didn't score it, but I didn't miss it. I got the ball stuck between the rim and the back of the board, and I was devastated after the game. But that was that was kind of the start for, I remember playing against yourselves, Liffey Celtics, that underage team you had were a serious side. Like, what... Is that just luck? Is that just the way Liffey Celtics are as a club? How does that start? Uh, I think it probably starts from our academies and the coaching there. And, you know, I was lucky enough that I've had some really, really good underage coaches, like some Mary Bowler, Yvonne Bracken, um, really good at the fundamentals. Jimmy Clark was really involved at that point as well. And, you know, they're three, three very strong coaches and put a lot of emphasis on, 
getting kind of the basics down and I think that's what allowed us to be so good from a young age and something we're probably refocusing now on is, is our academy and trying to get that kind of even better again because other clubs probably caught up a little bit and, but I think at that time we probably had far and away the best academy and you could see that in the teams we brought through at underage for, for a few years. How did you find a grown up sort of obviously we're at the Irish training now senior women's for you, underage, there was no senior women's team. How did you? Well, you were probably about ten when it all stopped. Was that? What was that like for you, underage, not having? You know, there's girls here now. You probably hear them in the background that are dribbling and watching you train. But what was that like, not having an Irish team to look up to? And now you're on the team. Yeah, well, I suppose I was probably really lucky that I think the last ever fixture they played, I was at. Uh, so I just happened to come with my mum and dad, and uh, I got a jersey signed. I still have it at home. Um, and that was a real source of inspiration for me. So even though there was no team after that, I, I had seen them play. Uh, but I imagine if I'd come to sport a year later, because you know my parents weren't basketball players growing up, like they just got involved because we loved it. Um, I wouldn't have seen that. And, you know, I think even now, like I can remember how incredible it was be it was to be at that game in the arena. And you know, I was probably lucky that I got to see them. Uh, but I'm sure you know there's lots of kids. You know, if they'd been a year later to sport, they wouldn't have got to see them. And uh, I suppose having the Super League team in Leaf Celtics kind of allowed me to see something to look forward to when I got a bit older, kind of from, I think we probably went to Super League about 14, when I was about 14, 15, maybe a bit younger. Um, so having them to kind of look up to, uh, you know, I used to go and, like, I loved Lindsay Pete and Neve Dwyer, they're my two favourite players, so when they were playing in Dublin, like, my mum used to sometimes bring me over to see them, and that was something that I could then try to emulate myself, but I suppose lots of kids don't get that but it's great to see it now like would it been TJ Catter that even if you can't come to the game you can still see it and even with basketball on TV like you can still see a lot of the games and I think that's really good for kids to be able to see. This year so far you're unbeaten uh, what's been the difference maker for this year I know last year probably slow off the mark a bit in terms of getting started obviously Carl coming in as a new coach what's the difference this year? Uh, so I think there's probably a few things so I think like obviously having the consistency from last year with Carl there has been a big help uh, I think we've probably been a bit more rootless this year we've done a better job of when we've, well, when we've got leads, we've lost them, but we've managed to hang on for wins. Uh, whereas I think last year we probably would have lost a few of those games. So that's something you know that we've improved on. Obviously, Adam Rachel in has been a massive help defensively. Um, I think we're just very determined this year to try to get the wins. Obviously, losing Kira at the start of the year to her ACL, like yeah, that's a massive, massive blow to us. You know, she's a really top player, but I think it's also given us some resilience to try and gut it out um, for her as well with her on the sideline. So I think we've just got a little bit more rootless and. We've once you kind of start winning, it's easy to keep winning. It's when you start losing, it's hard then to win. I think. You've uh, Waterford away in the next round of the cup. Um, they've also been going really well this year. Obviously, Sarah and Kate are here, both I think top scoring over their pros. Um, what would it take to beat that team? They seem to have really clicked like yourselves this year. Yeah, so I think it's going to be really tough. Like we went down there and played them in the cup a couple of weeks ago, or sorry, in the league a couple of weeks ago, and we beat them. But I think uh, adding like Sinead Deegan and Caitlin Glockner back into their squad, they both came back last weekend. I think it's going to be really beneficial for them. Um, so I think they are going to be really tough. They're a tough team to beat down there. It's a tough court to play on. So I think we're just going to have to, you know, stick together and be solid defensively, and shut down their their pros, try to shut down Sarah as much as we can, and uh, go from there. And try to play our game, try to get out and run. That's what we did a good job when we were down there a couple of weeks ago in the league. So we're just going to have to try to do that again. For you personally, over the next couple of years, um, obviously you've won a national cup already at senior level with the Celtics. What are other goals that are aspirations you have personally as a team? Yeah, well, I suppose like I've won a national cup. I won a national cup when I was 19, and obviously I was still a, a big part of that team and. I, you know, I can't say I wasn't, but I, I think we need to get back up there. Um, you know, that year we were like one shot away from winning the treble, and that's something that 
the longer I've been in the league, the more I've realised it's not that normal to win as much as we did. So I'd like to get back to that kind of level where we're competing to win leagues. Like the league, to be honest, I'd really like to win the league this year because I think the best team in the in the country wins the league. Obviously, the cup is massive uh, as well. Um, so I think we'd like to be back where, to a point where we're competing for for all all three competitions and then also bringing some of our younger players through. We've got a lot of very good 18s. Um, in the club, we've got a lot of good younger players. We need to get them through and playing good men's Super League as well. Sorga, thanks so much for joining me. The best of luck in your next couple of games, in particular in your cup game versus Waterford. And thanks, many for joining me. Thanks, Orla. Okay, hello and welcome to our women's uh, cup finals or cup series uh, panels interview. Delighted to be joined by three-time cup winner Suzanne McGuire and the star of last year's panels episode, Niall McDermott. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Glad to be back. No problem. Yeah, delighted to be here. Uh, Niall, we'll start with you. We were just saying there, you've you've moved down to Limerick. Um, last time we were talking to you, you were up north. How's the coaching going down there? Do they need a translator on the sideline yet? Or <laughs> No, I try to um, adjust my, uh, my northern accent. They sit down here, like I do in a podcast, speaking 50% speed, you know. So now it's busy. I'm assistant coach with the, the Eagles National League team. I coach the Limerick Lions under 18 boys and I coach the UEL College men's team. So it's been a, a busy start to the season, but yeah, enjoying it. Good stuff. Suzanne, you have a bit of skin in the game. I might be called out for bias here with Liffey. Um, hopefully there'll be none of that today. Mm. No, not at all. I'm always the objective one, so none of that going on. They're, they're as good as they are good this year. Like in fairness, like they've uh, you know, they've they've started out the campaign well. So they're yeah, they're in a good good stead, but in a a good, a good horse race with a couple of other teams who are who started strong too. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting start to the season. Different than we've seen probably in previous years, but but good, you know, really good. Mm-hmm. What's the overall thoughts in the league so far, guys? Is there any particular standout um, thoughts or points about this year compared to previous years at all, or is it kind of this similar to what we've always seen? I think. Um, like if I look kind of even at, at at the Super League, I mean, there's definitely a bit of a you know changing of the guard maybe, um, to some respects in terms of of teams that are, are where you're seeing them now and and teams that have dominated maybe over the last number of years, um, and before that have kind of a legacy. So we were saying before, like you know the likes of of DCU are probably in that transition phase too, as well as Lamar to a certain degree. I mean, I've never seen. Uh, I think Lamar has been a long time since they've started a campaign with with the, the number of losses, let's say, um, uh, and um, the deficit, some of the deficit, you know, the score differences between themselves and some of the team. So yeah, I mean, a, a bit different, but you know, which is good to see. You always like to see other teams arising to the challenge. I mean, you really, you know, I think when I was looking down and, and and thinking about it now. You have you you know your teams like obviously Brunel have 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 been. I've been flirting around the top of the league and flirting around like, you know, cup and, and winning space for a number of years. They're very strong this year. Um, you know, with Adele and the team, like they're, you know, probably one of the favourites, I would say, possibly alongside Liffey in terms of, of what they could achieve. So, you know, when you think about Brunel's kind of journey, it's it's it exemplifies, I suppose, like some of that that changing that's happening in the team that kind of, you know, I remember when they started playing Super League and now look where they're they're at. And we're seeing some of the other teams too great to see, you know, with with Rockets, um, sorry, with um Ulster University in there and then with, with uh, teams out in Galway. So, you know, they're on a similar journey and they can stay the course to hopefully like to think that you'd start to see a, a more balanced uh league, you know, as opposed to having kind of top and tail ends of it like. So but no, it's good. It's been enjoyable. Enjoyed 
through the games, you know. Yeah, it's definitely been um, the most interesting, I think, start of Super League, Women's Super League season in, in years, as Suzanne said, like, like the, the old guard, the familiar names who were always the favourites for good reason, because <laughs> they, they were usually there at the end of the season in the cup final, winning the leagues, winning the trophies. You know, they've, they've they changed over a roster and a lot of teams like Burnell and Luffy, who've sort of been just underneath them, now are really pushing forward. And then I think, you know, there's going to be a really interesting battle then, like for the playoff spots because like there's so many teams now in like two, three, four wins at the early stage. And if one team can can put a run together, like they could also challenge as well. So it's like, it's a really open season, I think. So looking forward to seeing that. And that makes the cup even more interesting too because like, you know, almost anybody could win this. So it's uh, it makes it really exciting. There's been plenty of movement as well this year, not only around the Super League, but between the two leagues itself, National League, some players moving up, some people coming down. Good example, we were talking there, Suzanne, um, the likes of Megan Connolly going from DCU to Swords, making a big impact there. Obviously, Claire Amelia moving from Meteors over to, to Gloucester. What's the big, or obviously, and then, sorry, not to gloss over it, but Rachel um, Houston's going to, to um, Liffey from DCU. What's the big sort of takeaway from the amount of movement that we've seen? Is it, it again, just... Sometimes, you know, these things happen. It's just the changing of the guard and that'll kind of affect the, that movement. Is that kind of what we're seeing this year? Um, I think with, I mean, certainly, you know, with the likes of like Megan Connolly kind of going to Swords and even the likes of Megan Howe left Liffey and went to, to Swords also. Um, I think you're seeing players who, who you know, have a role um and maybe their role kind of changes and it's not consistent on the team from season to season, looking at an opportunity to play still at a, at a high level. I mean, the National League is, is very competitive. Um, I, I, I'm playing, you know. Sometimes you just need a change, you know. Sometimes you just need to hear a different voice. Um, you know, I remember when I left DCU, I was there for 10 years. Like, it's not anything in particular to the club. It's just, you just need to maybe, you have a personal thing that you want to prove to yourself or you just need to hear um a different person you know because after a while a co- you know you start start hearing this, you stop hearing anything from a particular coach so you know i think it's more indicative of what we were likely to see going forward you know uh, people were very much entrenched in 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 clubs and where they're from I, and there still is a, a fair amount of that but i think with the likes of movement people going to college people working you know, there's lots of life events that are forcing people into different physical areas that may dictate what they may do with their basketball and they still want to play. And and we should encourage that. I don't think, you know, it should be a case where where it's it's a betrayal or, or something to, to not play with your your home team. Like I, I was listening or your episode with Claire, uh, Rock All Claire, um, and just, you know, her, her journey. And exactly that, like enjoying the fact of growing up at a certain place and playing that, not afraid to move on to go someplace else to realize your dreams and opportunities come back then. And, and, you know, so you have that mix of, you know, personal aspiration versus that kind of, you know, heart tug to a particular area or clubs. Like, so I think we should encourage that, like that people should move, you know, for opportunity. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's, it's what we'll see a lot more of it. I think. I was going to say, I don't know, like the, the, the lure of playing for a Donegal coach, Paul Kiar, you know, that's a, a lot of players saying, that's that's what they that's what they aspire towards, you know. I don't know why anybody would go to play for Calico Bride at Luffy, but I can understand why they'd be. 
Paul, would you like with that? Diane, I was going to ask you as well, and actually, Suzanne, on that, like when I was asking that question, I, Claire's story did kind of pop into my head because it was so recent. I was talking to her, and again, we, we've heard different clubs talk about opportunities, whether it's with, with college and work where they're leaving rural areas, at the likes of Donegal, and you know that well, the likes of Galway sometimes struggle to keep numbers. Um, now, when we're looking at the National League, I think it's really interesting the way that we're starting to see these new hotspots pop up. Obviously, Cavan, who I've just interviewed, Kira Tolan, they're really starting to rise there. And again, not a well-known area. It's not a Cork, it's not a Dublin, but it's we're just starting to see these little towns. Well, not little towns, but we're starting to see these little pockets of basketball pop up in different parts of the country. Yeah, you can see that. Um, I think you see that across both the men's and the women's game over the past few years, like the strength of like, the National League, you know, given that foundation below the Super League and like lots of like smaller rural towns or um, are they're, they're getting their club committees in, in order. Like with Cavan's an excellent example of that. Like, you know, like they, they, you know, that they didn't come out of nowhere. Um, that was years of preparation, making sure they had the club structure in place first, making sure they had the volunteers in place, making sure everyone's trained right, making sure they had the funding, you know. And they play now one, one of the best courts in the, in the country, one of the most unusual courts in the country, but one of the best, like, you know, one of the few courts where it's only basketball lines, which I love, you know, and it's their own court they put down in that big, big shed. Like, it's amazing, you know. So that was a vision, they, a long-term vision they had, and you see it as well in the men and the likes of, you know, Drahana Wolves, like, they, they sat down and created a five-year plan. Um, and, you know, that's that's paying off, you know, so you'll, you'll see you'll see that all around the country now, clubs planning for the future, laying the groundwork. We now have the the development league to lead into the national league, um, and the NIC for the women. So it's like you know, it's great to see that you. It's not just the you know, the big clubs and the Corks and the Dublin are always going to have an advantage, because that's where most of the players are going to be. That's where players travel for college for work. But now you can see like you know around the country, and especially now you know with the quality of import players you can bring in. The clubs can be, you know, you have two quality imports, and then you can develop two or three really good players from that region. You can be competitive and you can win and you can be challenged for trophies. So we're seeing that. You're definitely seeing that with Kevin's a prime example. You know, like they're one of the best teams in Division One. They were also very good last year. Um, could have could have easily got promoted last year. So yeah, it's great to see. What's the quality of the imports like now compared to the last few years? Has the leagues overall gotten better in terms of bringing in pros? Are they of better standards? Um, do you think? For me, it's kind of. It's a weird one, okay, because um, there was a big boom where whenever a lot more college players started to come in, so like scholar players, so you're seeing lots of players come in on scholarships with a study for their masters and they're playing basketball. Sport Changes Life probably kickstarted that and then it really expanded out. The quality of those players has actually probably tailed off because of the rule in the NCAA. So when COVID came, the NCAA gave all the American players an extra year's exemption. So normally they could only play four years college basketball. And that meant that a master's in Ireland was really attractive because they could still play basketball, get their master's for free. So you could get really like high level players who, who wanted to do that. But now because of the transfer rules and because of the extra year, all those players can stay in America and do their master's in America for free. And they're free to transfer to different schools. So that means that it's just like a much shorter or smaller pool of potential scholars you can look at. So in terms of the pro players, I think you know they're strong and you can get in pro players and there's some excellent examples of that across both divisions. 
I think on the scholarship players, it's a struggle to find because there's just less players to choose from, you know, and you got to find someone who's who's the right fit. And I think a lot of clubs uh, rely on that scholarship player, if not for both Americans, at least for their second American, you know. So I think that the pro players are some amazing examples. Like we've we've players in the Super League this year who were drafted in WNBA, you know, which is obviously, you know, a, a very high level. We have players who um, played for Tennessee, you know, in the, the top college programs, women's sports. But I think so. I think that side is as strong as ever. But I think just in the, the scholarship side, it's just harder to find. There still is some really good players, but they can just be harder to find. Okay, that's actually really interesting. I, I didn't even I didn't even realize that that was kind of affecting. I never really put the two and two together. Obviously, I'd known about the college uh, rules changes, but I never would have thought that really affected us. So that's a really good we, point. We noticed a big difference, like pre and post COVID, in terms of like recruiting. Because when I coached in Donegal, we didn't have any pros. There were only scholarship players. So, and then it, that was the men and the women's team. So we, so before COVID, you know, there was loads of players who were really interested in doing it. And then after COVID, I think that's what, I think that affected sport changes life too. Just like the number of people applying to the program was dropping because if you're a really good player in America, you're going to be offered multiple offers to do your masters somewhere else in America for free. So it's just not the, not the same, you know? So yeah, the, the select, the pool of players you're selecting from is a lot smaller than it was pre-COVID. And is the intention there, I, I hadn't thought about it either like that, is the intention to bring it back to four once you wash through? Yeah, so... Once you wash through everybody who was impacted by COVID, so you have almost four years to, to get through that. Yeah, so that's that's that was the idea. There's a bit, some people are a bit nervous about they might just keep it the way it is, but that was definitely what it was supposed to be. So technically, I think from, from, I think from next year then, it should, everyone, it's basically everyone who's in college in the COVID year got an extra year. Next so year, so right. next year then that they should have all worked their way through the system. So hopefully there'll be more players available who are because like if you when you're recruiting an American, you can tell them, look, you get to play basketball for a year at a professional level, semi-professional level, and you're also getting a master's degree for free. That's a big draw because a master's degree in America can cost like sixty thousand dollars a year. You know, so it's it's not cheap and it's normally over two years in America. So here they can do it for one year. For free, as opposed to two years, one hundred twenty thousand dollars. So you can get like a good level player to come over who's really interested in that. But now we're just finding lots of the top players in that situation just go to some different American college, and you see loads of transfers internally in the USA. Like you know, so hopefully next year for Irish basketball's point of view, that washes out of the system, and we're back to where where we were. You know. We're going to kick off with the Paddy O'Connor um, National Cup games. I'm going to go to the first game, SETU Waterford Wildcats versus Flomax Liffey Celtics. That will be in Mercy Waterford Gym. Uh, Suzanne, I'll go to you first. Uh, no Liffey Celtics bias here, but they're only, they only met each other a few weeks ago. I think Liffey took it away at about 20 points. What can we expect? Will it be another 20-point win here, do you think? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, um, you know, it, it definitely is... The tougher of all the ties, I think, for you know, for two teams that are vying for, like you said, like are, are you know, sitting up there in the top four and, and have good records and, and and good teams, you know, good depth, you know, like we were talking before around, really, you need, you know, at, at those teams who are who are competing at, at the the top of the table, you're seeing, you know, the scoring power or something else, but you're seeing not just the third but the fourth score 
and both of those teams can produce a fourth score who can you know help the tally up so you're kind of relying on your professionals to provide a baseline and then you're looking at well who then is, is is coming behind that and you know the hickey girls are doing like amazing stuff like you know of course they do the Gideon's daughters like you know but they're incredible to both of them like contributing so and then you're seeing pockets you know coming in from other areas of the team and they still have players to come back um you know and with Liffy you know I think one of the one of the standout players you might say well, that's not surprising but I think like Sorka's having a really strong year I think I don't think she did last year I think but I think this year she's almost a different player I mean that in the highest respect I think she's playing at such a level and maybe that's you know Irish team Eurobasket influence maybe these things are starting to wash through with some of our players and you'd hope to think so but she's playing at an incredibly high level so and the two Americans as a tandem I think are very strong I think individually you would you you, you know but I think taking the both of them together and how they're they work as a unit along with the likes of Cirque and then you have you know Anya who becomes that kind of four player so very very evenly matched I would be surprised if it is um, I, I would still expect Liffey to win it's difficult to tie Wharf. It's not an easy gym to go to. Um, everyone knows that you just gotta you, you get rid of the last result, it doesn't really count for much, but I think it'll be much tighter. Um, but I would think that Liffey uh, and this year I would tip them to 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 have a successful year. I think I would see them getting through this, and that's not bias. It's you know, <laughs> um hopefully based on some informed decisioning or reasoning in my head. But uh, yeah, I think they they have a little bit more to get over the line. Yeah, like I do think it'll be closer than, than the first game. Um, you know, Waterford went through some changes. They they've changed their two American players. Um, so the two new Americans also also look very capable players. Um, I think Waterford were a bit shallow at the start of the season, player wise, but now you know like like Sinead Deegan and Stephanie Shear back playing, and that's really important for them to give them some more depth. Uh Caitlin Gottler's back from injury. She had a missed the first month of the season. Um and I think Stephanie's important too because Waterford were really small at the start of the year. Um, that was her sort of, you know, a low Sarah Hickey's like probably one of the best rebounders in the league and you can't keep her off the boards, you know, um, just for like defending the post and stuff. They need that extra height. But and Luffy, Luffy has some injuries too, you know. Um, I know with the Brackens and stuff, they've been injured at the minute and stuff. So, but, but Luffy are so deep. They're so, such a deep Super League squad and that's probably why they're, they're doing so well. They have talent right down the roster. So I would expect it to be closer. Luffy probably are the favourites. But if, if Waterford could get the two new Americans clicking and expert and they have the home court advantage too, which is always huge in the cup, you know, in the competition. So it's I can see it go down to the wire, but Lafayette probably the slight favourites going to the game. Obviously Rachel's injured, Kelly Bracken is injured. Again, the cup is what today is November seventeenth. So we are a few weeks away. Hopefully maybe um one of them may, might be back for the game, but obviously that will have a big impact because they planned for the year to have Kira Bracken, yeah. who's done her ACL. So to not have her, you're really kind of you're relying on kind of Kelly and who was who can't play now. But Sorka to kind of bring up the ball. Maybe that's why she's playing so well. She has the ball in her hand. But again, you're making in season adjustments with players being unavailable due to injury. That could impact the first the next round of cup. Yeah, definitely. So, so go on, go ahead, go on, go on. No, listen, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah, 
No, it's a hundred percent. Like you're 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 trying to build momentum, you know. And and while you 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 chuck out previous results and and you have all that, it's corpus amnesia. You don't chuck out form or or the journey that you're on or, or what you're building towards. So yeah, I mean, myself and last night, I think both of them are hoping to be back, you know, um, for the cup game. That's their intent anyway. But you're right, that kind of disruption is 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 not necessarily what you need. But listen, you know, teams have to adapt. You know, you're going to have some injuries. You're going to have to figure a way of, of being able to to overcome those things um, throughout the season. So, hopefully, they're back, and you know, it'll make it a really, you know, it'll make it the, the cup tie of the weekend to watch. Certainly on the women's side, I think. I think that what you were saying there about Sorka in terms of um, things really clicking for this year. When you were saying that, I I kind of had Kate Hickey in my head, and I think this year she's just taking a leap. I got a chance to see her during the summer, they were in both friendlies, one of them behind closed doors, and she just I don't know what it is, just a different level this year compared to last year. Herself and Sarah nearly are outscoring their their pros um at the moment. So yes. when you're clicking like that going into a cup game. And hopefully they will build momentum. They've faced GCU um, on Sunday. I'm hoping to get over to that. When you can build momentum going into a game and you've bet Glanmire and probably, yes, Glanmire maybe aren't at the level they were before, but that mental thing of, right, you've bet Glanmire, that fairness, this, can you bring that into the next round? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I, I think, you know, it's it's um, everything about a season you know, or about teams is is and like probably any sports is about building that kind of momentum, those good habits, that consistency and, and that mentality, that winning kind of, you know, uh you've done it, you've seen how it's done, you know, players are playing well, you're just constantly reinforcing that. Um and like a hundred percent, I mean, I, I know again I'll go back to it, you go into the cups like, you know, and, and remember last year when, you know, coaching the the division one team going into cup games, I said to them like, you know, you have to have a certain level of arrogance going to cup games, right? You have to win there, not with this, you know, you have to have respect, but you also have to respect how good you are yourselves. And you only get that or feel that by how well you've been playing or how, you know, how momentum is building. So you got to go into this game and they should be going there going, no, it doesn't matter about that game. Like, you know, whatever way you want to, to excuse it off, like we're on a journey, we're playing well, we have good momentum, we've got good players. And both teams can go in with that little bit of arrogance saying, no, you know, we're, we're good, like, you know, and we can both win this. Like, so that's what makes it kind of a really fascinating game. They they both can be saying the same messages in the dressing room in terms of how good they are, the strength they have, the capability they have, you know, both well coached. So, you know, a lot of parallels in that and just be a case of like who executes, you know, on the day. So, yeah, no, it's it's um, it's exciting. Like, you know, yeah, I love the cup. Absolutely. I'm going to say, so Niall, you're going with Liffey, Suzanne going with Liffey, is it? What's we, we'll have you buy a whisker. Marginally, marginally, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give them the... Marginally. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm actually, I was kind of, I had to think about this when I was dri- driving the, in the car this morning and I said, I'm going to throw a vote in this year, so with the three of us, so I'm going to go with Waterford. I just think, I think if they can get the momentum going um, before the game, I think, and the home advantage, I'm going to go... Waterford but again it could be so I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a cracking game I don't know I don't know we'll see I could be very wrong I could be very wrong I'm very right um, I'm going to move on to the next game which is Catalyst Father Matthews versus Ulster University and uh, we have a, one of the greats of the game is back Neve Dwyer um, she, I think she had like 30, 30 minutes in the first round of the cup game uh, wind it back the clock uh, what's been her addition to that team and what what and they've also added Pat Price again obviously because Neve is now playing so they're a very different team to what they were last year 
Yeah. Um, watching them and just you know having a look, I think they're the team that are probably on the ascendancy a little bit. I think at the start of the season, you know, they they played a couple of tough matches. You know, they got um, you know, they got uh beaten, but I think they they're probably on a, on a run of four wins now. I think again building that momentum, regardless no matter who the opposition is, you you play what's in front of you, but that's good for building momentum. I think you're seeing the scoring power coming out. Grani's still putting it up there. I think Shannon is 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 again always loved Shannon as a player. I think she's very good. Uh, has settled into this league. Obviously, she's been around now for quite a number of years, and you you have to like that because. It means that there's no surprises for her. Like she's a, a, you know, great footwork, good shooter. You know, offers an awful lot in there. I think what Neve does, you know, to kind of answer your question, obviously they have their their pro in there too. Is become that potential that that, that fourth score, and they, and they need a little bit of addition out there, somebody who can direct travel. They're probably quite young at the guard spot a little bit, so she really can bring a level of maturity in there. And then you have Pat the sideline. So listen, you've you you've something there that's building. Um, I think they've, you know, I, I, I would, I would have them taking this game, uh, in terms of being able to get to a, a, a semi final, and they could be that underdog a little bit in terms of, you know, they're kind of under the radar. Now we're saying you have a lot of teams vying middle of the table probably for playoff spots. They're in and around that mix now. But I think they're on the ascendancy a little bit too. So, uh, I would expect them to win this game. Um, and you never know, you never know with them. Yeah, like their uh, farm athletes, I think, are looking really strong in recent weeks, you know, moving the even the team. And you know, she did a great job coaching. It's just like she brings that competitive edge too, you know. Um, she's just such a competitor. And then like Pat on the sidelines, very experienced coach. And between like the, Amer- the American and Shannon, the new American and Shannon, Gronya and Nee, that's like they're scoring like 60 points a game in that four. So, you know, if the Lord Gares could just chip on then and score four points here, six points here, then it makes them like a really hard team to beat. Um, but Ulster too, like they've had a they've had an up and down sort of start to the season. You know, I think um, getting Abigail Rafferty back from America was huge for them this year. You know, and she's had a very strong strong season for them so far. And, and she she'll be someone very important because she's probably one of the few players in the league who could match up with Shannon one on one. You know, height wise and and physicality wise. So she'll be crucial for them in this matchup. I think you know and. Um, I think Pat will be looking to get some word of his imports. I know uh, Delia Moore was doing well, but some of the other imports, I think, when they arrive, are injured. I don't think they've really sort of settled down and got under their, their true potential yet. So he'll be hoping by the time Cup runs up comes around that they've settled under the league, got over injury problems, got back to full fitness. And you know, I think for, for Ulster, they have a chance in this one. Hopefully, like, those players are going to need to be back to full strength. Uh, but they have a couple of weeks to get there, so it's, it's definitely possible. That's actually something I was going to ask you, Niall, about. Obviously, Maria Keeley and uh, Emma Gribben had moved over uh, and played Super League with them last year in their first season. How big is that to have the Ulster University open Super League for basketball up north? Is it just, again, you see with the lads moving up to Super League this year, is it just adding to what the culture is up north and bringing more interest into the game? Oh, yeah, it's huge. Like, it's, um, you know, it's, I know whenever they started their, their National League project, like the aim was the progress into the Super League. They've done that now with both their teams. The women led the way and then the men followed last year. It was a great coaching job by Pat and Ryan. And you know, again, it was one of those things where they're, they're planning for their future and they're trying to attract players in. They did a link with a local junior club. They followed that side of the club and produced players coming through. And then, of course, having the university link, you can always get players in from around the country, you know. Um, 
but it's it's great now that you know that the, the girls of the north can see that you know you, you always want to have that level they aim for for young players you know where it's like you know they go to the game on the saturday they go oh, that could be me in four years time you know if i if i put the work in you know and i could be on the court playing against the likes of the, the all fortins or the grania dwyers and you know the sort of tiernans you know so having division one is great but having the super league is where that's whenever you're, you're going to meet those like irish international players and other teams and that's where the big stars are so like you know it really is helps you know it feeds in it gets more excitement in the young players and then like they become more committed and you have more participation and all just feeds in and it grows and grows and grows. So it's yeah, it's fantastic to have um the men and the women both represented in the Super League now in the North. Hopefully hopefully there'll be more teams in the future too, you know. Um because it's it's a big enough place they could definitely have two or three more, but it's great to have someone there and and they did really well last year. Just I know Pat last year the aim was just don't go down and just survive in your first year. Just make sure you're still there the following year. They did that and they're looking to push on now, and they've some. They lost Emma and Maria. They both to America, but getting Abigail and, and Alex Mulligan back was crucial for them. You know, getting a bit more depth, and like they have loads of girls there who, like say Eva Kiala and Kira Cook and stuff who've like been there for years, been through the National League stage, got them into the Super League. So they lots of experience there as well. You know, in a core group who've played together for a long time. So again, it's a sort of team like where. Going into this game, you know, Far Mafia's probably the favourites, but like also is not a team that want to play. Um, just because of like that sort of core group has played together now for so long and they know how each other play and they've had their fair share of upsets over the years. Um and you know they have been to cup finals before. So yeah, it could be it could be uh, another tough one like for um Far Mafia's. Absolutely. Abby was um was kind of one of the players I've had on my list of kind of one to watch that series I like to do and she's averaging like 15 points and 8 rebounds a game. Obviously going to the States last year. She's playing Division 3 I think on Erasmus but coming back has been massive. Got to see her in, in DCU in person and just really impressed again. Same with the Irish team. She's only She was under 20 what two years ago so she still has a lot of basketball ahead of her so um that'd be exciting Suzanne I'll go to you first um are you gonna go with Catalyst Father Matthews or Ulster University um I'm probably gonna go with Father Matthews I think they're they've got also um I think they're home for this match aren't they it's it is down 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 in Cork like you know which and you know I alluded to earlier on too it's it's a huge thing you know I think for cup games too to have that home home advantage like so that gives them an edge um, I do think that they are on the ascendancy, and it's absolutely no disrespect to to, to Ulster. You know, they're 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 progressing. They're on that journey. Um, all of these small things uh, matter when you're on that journey at, at such an early stage in terms of having the players come back and and building a momentum and that kind of stuff. I just think, you know, cup time you have a lot of experience, um, in the Father Matthews camp in terms of of what it means. And the opportunity that cup presents for for teams, so I I would expect because of that and and that competitive Dwyer duo that I've played against so many times and I know what it's like, they will be up for it and they will uh, do everything to drag the team over the line. So I will give um a favor Fad Matthews for this one. Yeah, I think that you know being at home, such a long journey from Belfast to Cork, the experience they have now on the sidelines and on the court talent they have that far Matthews, you know, are definitely the favourites for this game. But I also think, you know, very rarely in the cup is it the two teams that progress that in the final mm. that we think it's going to be. <laughs> There's always upset along the way. And I think this could be the upset. I think that 
Uh, I think that I got to go with the Northern Gears. I think this could be the upset of the round. Ulster for me. Okay, right. I was gonna. I was wondering, we three and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Suzanne here. I'm gonna go with Father Matthews again. I think. I just think what they have now with Pat Neve going in again that journey. Um, but I'm sure Pat and, and the Ulster girls will be on to me now. This would be kind of <laughs> this is the tactic they love to be the underdog and be pinned up on the uh, all my words be pinned up on the on the dressing there beforehand. But yeah, I'm gonna go with with Father Matthews here. But again, as you say, now that could be an upset. Uh, we're gonna move on to Pyrrhic Leicester um versus Trinity Meteors. Obviously, two finalists from last year. Um, Claire Media has switched over to Leicester, but a very different uh, Meteors team, a very young team, Niall, and obviously Hilary Nets has taken over a new head coach. Um, what can we expect from that game and the learning they've had? Yeah, it's been like, you know, you know it's, like, it's almost like a brand new Meteors team from last year. Um, loads of young players coming through the ranks, which is great to see. Gareth, I've coached an underage teams, um, Grace Printer. And Ashley, like you know, two phenomenal young players coming. Unfortunately, Ashley tore ACL, and she and she's hoping to be back for after Christmas. Uh, and that was a big blow for them. Um, although she's such a young player, you know, she's fabulously talented, you know, and you can see likes of Grace, who would be the same age, scoring like eleven points, ten points in, in Super League games, you know. So that was definitely a blow for Meteors, and I know they changed some of their their pros and stuff. And I know if Sarah Kennedy come back as well, like she's been injured for um, most of the season, so. It's been, you know, it's hard to Hillary coming on, you know, first time head coach. And that was like, I think that was like the last minute change too and stuff going into the season. So like, I think they had some struggles early on in the season, you know, in the first few games. Understandable with the injuries and the change around, short turnaround. But you've seen then that, you know, they've got it together and they've got a couple of wins under their, under their belt. Um, better performances. But you have to imagine Cholester being the favourites here. Um, you know, cup winners last year, they have the experience. They added on Claire Melia. You know, um, he's, you know, there's not any to say about that. Like, you know, everyone knows we've seen against France the other day in the, the senior international. Claire was one of the players who looked at home playing at that level. You know, she's playing against the seventh ranked team in the world against Gerrits here in the WNBA. And she looked as good as a lot of the players on the floor, you know, on the France uh, panel. And she, a lot of the Gerrits couldn't guard her in the post and she was going one-on-one. And so that's, that's the level she plays at. So, um, Based on that, we'll have Cholester as the favourites, but meters are on the up, but it's a case of can they keep going up in time for the Cup game? It's a big ask for the team like that, but um, first-time coach, you never know. Hillary could have the magic, you know, like a Cinderella run to the finals in his first year, you know? Suzanne, I'll go to you. Cholester are looking to go back-to-back National Cup. Well, I what an extremely hard thing to do but as we as you mentioned earlier they're scoring they've I'm looking here on the Swiss app they've I think they've four people over averaging over 12 points that depth you know I've seen Leva this year I mentioned to you before she's really caught fire in the games I've watched um they just added a bit of depth even more than last year um as defending champions yeah um they're um you know I know they lost you know the bizarre opening game of the season against Liffey when they scored very little in the first half and Liffey scored very little in the second half. It was, it was, it seems to be the kind of a very bizarre, but exactly that, you know, they, they, you know, you can't, you can't really replace the, the, the habit of winning, you know, having done it with those girls, I mean, have, have, you know, did it last year. You, you bring that forward, brings an awful lot of, you know, who do you confidence with you? Adding Claire, I mean, it's 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 very hard to you know she's a player who, um, you know, Niles kind of said it there, like, but I I've seen another player, the only other player I've seen play like Claire was Susan Moore, and by that I mean people can hang out of her, 
and punch her and you know everything's happening and you know she never gets phased and she's able to manage all that attention and all that physicality and she rolls with it like and she just you know she's got great hands uh doesn't look to score and and i think when you interview her when you talk to her she's very much about the collective you know about the team that seems to be a priority for her it's not about who individually wise is doing whatever it's what's best for the team and she has that and brings that obviously as good as she is right so there's an awful lot to be said about her presence you know on that team now along with all the components that they have um and the newer and younger players who are coming through so you know very strong um, and probably only going to go from strength to strength to be honest like they uh, like I said they have that one that that, that one loss but um you know, it's it, it's they they for me will be there or thereabouts in all competitions towards the end of the season. So, um, and conversely, yeah, it's it it is really like it's you know two 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 um seasons for for these years, um probably not what they would have planned for. I mean, last year they really got themselves into a a good place in terms of the players they brought in and really looked like they had, and obviously had these younger players who were just, you know, phenomenal, who were waiting on the wings. And unfortunately that consistency is just didn't maintain. Otherwise we'd be having a very different conversation. I think about meters this year, but you know, as Niall has said, you know, it's, it's their, their, their building, you know, and based on where they've been and some of their injuries, their youth changing of lots of guards, people out, new coach, all, all those factors. It just takes time, you know, and, and I mean, we're only November, like it, it hasn't been that long since the start of the season. So I'm not sure. I I don't think they'll make this, this, this cut. I don't think they'll be ready for, you know, come, you know, two weeks from now to be able to, to get over, you know, what, what Calesta should be able to bring. Um, but it's good to see that they are on the ascendancy too, because you'd like to see these big clubs with big teams and good players competing at this on this stage and in this league. Like so, um, for me, it's also a kind of a cluster one. Um, they should they should be they are the favourites and they should take this one, um, probably quite comfortably I would say. But, um, it is cup games, so you know that that those comfortable margins get a little bit closer, uh, in the games. But um. Good to see meteors turn a corner, and it'll be interesting to see where they are second half of the season. But I don't see them playing uh, cup in January. I think I'll round off the vote on that on that game and go with Leicester as well. Um, for that one, I'll move on to the last game of the Paddy O'Connor um, Cup series or the quarterfinals is DC Mercy at home to Brunel. Both teams actually had a bye in the first round of the cup, um, so they had a bit of a rest and they got a chance to look at um, previous games for the league um, as well. So it, thoughts on DC Mercy uh, versus Brunel again? What we were saying, we're not to, we're not trying to repeat ourselves, but it possibly a change in the guard in Mercy and DC Mercy and Brunel just currently on the up. Um, nice mix of players, two good pros in, and Adele obviously missing um missed the game versus Leicester with an injury from Glamire. Not sure when she'll be back, but uh, knowing Adele, no matter what, she'll be back for the for the cup game uh, to go against DCU, which would be up in Dublin. I think that's a big that's a big factor, and um, there's a couple of things in my head that come to this is is you know, Mark is probably the best at doing the most with the least. I've seen it in previous seasons, in previous cups, where, you know, talent for talent, player for player, would have a, 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 a you know, a team not quite on, on par, but would would find a way and an ability to to compete. So that's an advantage that DCU have, and he will do a lot of prep, knowing Mark for that game and be ready, and he's not afraid to find new things and to figure out a way, 
Um, unlike what I've seen earlier on around just the proliferation of scoring in the league, is anyone play defense? Mark will look to play defense and he'll know that's where he will. It's the only place he can win the game. Plus, I think they've won the best Americans in the league. Um, so I think. Uh, Blaney is, I think she's, I've watched her play against Blippi Celtic. She scored 40 points when quite clearly she was the best player out there and there was a focus on her and she still scored 40 points. She's uh, incredible footwork, has got an all round game. If she's firing and she could do that, um, that's a plus for them. Brunel, you would say on, on paper, how they're playing, they have their best scoring power, but without a doubt, I think they're a little bit different. And if she's not playing, I think that's a big. It's a big factor going up Dublin into DCU, which no one really likes to play there. I think this makes that a little bit closer. So if she's back and she's playing, she brings that hunger and that need to our competitive mentality. She is, you know, a driving force and a significant player for them. If she's not there, um, I think that kind of, you know, obviously it 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 brings the gap between those teams a little bit closer. And it makes that real cup tie very interesting. Um, I would, I, I would, I would still think um, that Brunel should get it over the line, but I think this is this is a close. It's closer than people might think uh, it might be. Yeah, like the the Adel factor is huge here. You know, like having the Adel Fortner team, it's basically somewhere to Claire. It's like having a fur professional player. You know, because that's the level she she operates at. Like you know, so we don't know if she's going to be back in time. Um, if she's not. Then, like you know, I think I think DC two who've been struggling in the league. I think they'll they'll have it all focus on the cup here. Whereas I think with Burnell, they're in a good run in the league. You know, they haven't won the league uh, in years, and like they'll be looking they've, that that's going to be a big focus for them. So it's it's whenever like you have to sort of focus on multiple trophies at one time. You know, they'll be sort of taking it a mature one game at a time, one week at a time. Where I, I'd imagine DC are already looking forward to this cup game, and and as Anne said, Mark Goy, making plans and, you know, he'll be focused on this. Plus, DC of the home court advantage. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot comes down to Adele's availability. Um, you get the game plan for for Brunel and you can focus on the two Americans. But if Adele's there too, you've got to try and take away her as well. It just makes the defense so much harder. You know, it's so much harder. So, and, and the thing with Adele is too, you can't really game plan for her because... She scores so many points of just like her force of all, just getting like running and you know, getting points where like really there shouldn't be points there in the transition and stuff. So she can be really hard to stop. So yeah, that's a big unknown. Um if they don't have a Dell, I would you know, I would fancy DC for the upset with like the preparation and the home court advantage. But if a Dell's back, it's it's hard to look past um for now. Something I was really impressed with um went to see Brunel pick Leicester up in Dublin. And it was the energy that Brunel always have. And some of that is attributed down to probably the loudest person who's in the gym, Rebecca Sexton. And what I found was interesting was you're watching watching Brunel starting five and obviously Adele wasn't there, but they had Kelly Sexton starting off and um, she was kind of face guarding, you know, Colester and who their biggest threat was. And then as soon as Kelly might have tired a little bit, they had brought Re- Rebecca on, who brought another level of energy. And it was just this, it was nearly like this continuous factor. And obviously Ava Walsh is there, well capable of doing that, didn't play that day. But it's like bringing that, just wearing down the the offence for DCU could be another factor. And what we were saying earlier, Suzanne, is maybe they don't have that depth that the likes of Brunel have, that they just bring on these young girls with energy just to wear people down and just to shout in the gym. And obviously being National Cup, going to be extra nerves 
is it is that will that play a factor will that energy does that energy play a big factor in these games or are people already hyped up enough for it I think it's I mean to be able to bring you know players on and, and you know in, in those examples I mean that's that's something that you don't account for we talk a lot about like you know and we have been talking a lot about the, where, the, where the power where the scoring comes from but conversely I mean like what happened with the likes of, of, of DCU I go back to that example when when they were they were able to do a lot with very little what warden down was simply other teams being able to take away that threat and with Brunel being able to have probably a bit more depth and people able to come on with a bit more experience a bit more capability to do that that will be the circle punch that, that DCU can't overcome in terms of like, you know, a constant barrage of, of if they focus on that, if they really go after defensively. Um but uh you know it's 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 the type of energy you want to bring with you. You know, it's it's you want to bring the, the right level, the level that's there to to work and to really kind of like cause chaos a little bit for for offenses, not the nervous energy that doesn't want to, you know, really kind of engage. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I know we're putting an awful lot on the Dell factor, but you know, players players impact you know highly. She I think she impacts the team highly. And again, it's not a disrespect to anyone else on the team, but you have on court leaders, off court leaders. I mean, I think she's just a natural born leader since her time from Quinnipiac all the way through now to the Irish team and the influence she has. Uh, she's relentless. You know, she is that next iteration of a Leave Dwyer constantly going constantly going constantly going i do think it'll be um impactful i think for 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 that particular game so i probably would say that dcu are capable of an upset here but dell is playing then it's uh brunel all the way niall does adele uh playing change your vote here or are you going with brunel or regardless um oh yeah um if adele's not playing like you made a good point there like brunel had like a you know, they have a really deep squad of young, like, Irish talent. Play. Lots of girls who played Irish underage. You know, they've Rachel Lynch, uh, as a McSweeney's and other girl who brings loads of energy off the bench. She's she's almost like a money Adele in the way she plays. You know, she actually pushes the ball, driving the ball down the court. And Rebecca Saxon and her sister, um, Ava Walsh, coming through even younger. Like, so they have loads of young talent. But, you know, it's not often young talent wins the National Cup. It's, it's normally the more experienced heads and the people who've been there, you almost have to go through and lose the tough games, you know? So that, that's where Adele will be so important. She played so many big games and she has the experience. Um, so if Adele's there, I, I would definitely give the Brunel age or such good form uh, yeah. in the league. And she's playing so well, the team's playing so well, they're scoring 90 points a game, you know, they're really clicking and they're so hard to guard because they have so many weapons. And if so many gears can come off the bench and just have a three pointer and then go back to the bench, and then someone else comes on, gets a break. You know, it's like so many players chipping on with a few points here and a few points there. Um, but yeah, so I would give Brunel the age if Adele is back. I think I'll round that off as well with a vote for Brunel. Uh, we'll move on to the Women's Division 1 National Cup. Uh, the first game is Oblet Dynamos versus last year's finalist um, Phoenix Rockets. Niall, I'll go to you first. You, you probably have seen a lot more Division 1 than myself and Suzanne. I um, have, have caught a few games. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this one? Oblet's actually stole the win back from Swords, back from Paul. They only lost... Uh, I think it was two weeks ago in Oblitz and they came and Swords had to go back and, and unfortunately fell short. But what can you expect from this game? It's actually in Oblitz as well, which I think is a very tough gym to win in uh, with the atmosphere that's created. Well, Oblitz Hall, yeah. It's like, you know, if you're playing a, a team there, you're not the home team. You can be in trouble because it's such 
it's one of the loudest gyms in the country because it must be the acoustics, whatever. It's a small hall, but even if you have 20 fans there, it sounds really loud. Never mind. I'm sure it's going to be packed. And Oblitz, yeah, Oblitz had a huge win in their, their previous round against Swords, who would have been the favourites going to that game. But if anyone wants to go back and watch like the highlights in that game, you know, Samantha Massey had like a crazy, just like one legged falling out of bounds. Baseline Le- left handed. <laughs> left handed, yes, left-handed, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I watched the so, game, like, yeah. You know, so it was an exciting finish that game. And I had I know Swords some injury problems during the game. Uh and then but it was just great, you know, so all credit the Oblitz for, for getting the win, especially losing a close game just a few weeks prior, like you know. Um but they're playing a Phoenix Rockets team who have a new American uh just arrived in the country last week. Um and she looks pretty strong inside. So I think they they've probably a slower start of the year, but their their position now is probably better on the record suggests because of that. You know, I know the first American they had was injured, they didn't play much at all. So now they've added a second American to their team, and of course, well, they did such a great strong finish to the season last year. Um, I I really think this this is a hard game to choose. I think it's a toss up game. You know, Oblitz having a home court advantage, um, having such good um. Americans and pros as well, like uh, but I think the new the new American looked really good. I, I've only seen one of her games, um, but she looks strong inside, and the other American can really shoot the ball. And then the Rockets have Rockets have a lot of shooters. The McGrath sisters, Anna Brennan, can all shoot the ball, and that's going to create space inside for the new American who likes to just post up and go to work inside. So I'm going to give Rockets the edge in this one. Um, it's not going to be easy in the Oblate Gym, but I think. I think they might have used up all their drama and their look. But then again, it's hard to tell because I'm contradicting myself. Sometimes when you see a shot like that, massive shot, like, you know, you think, is this their year? You know, if you're if you're winning games like that in the cup, you know, when you can see that sometimes in the cup and teams have like dramatic games going through the rounds and just sometimes it's in the stars, you know, but uh, I would give Phoenix a slight edge here with a new American who, who looked pretty good at the weekend. Tuzan, what were your thoughts on the, the first round of the cup game between Swords and Oblitz? How did that go down and what are your thoughts on Oblitz as a team as a whole? You know, I mean, I, I would know the girls, you know, quite well. You know, they um, coached there a while ago when Megan was playing and then obviously Division 1, lots of them come through the Division 1 ranks and we would have played against them. Had, had, you know, so lots of, you know, good capability in there, good players in there. Um, you know, always surprised that you know they were you know haven't won haven't won a game in the league yet but I think probably close enough there thereabouts you know in lots of them so um you know the start of the game again watching it you would have thought that swords was still going to start to to run away but that's that's what happens in these games you know you you hang in there um and I actually you know like playing in the Albert Hall I think it's a great hall for shooters you know which may benefit you know phoenix coming down so i'd be quite like nile i mean i think it's 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 a close one you are looking at you know the likes of does the american for 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 rockets kind of you know really make that impact uh, as she's come in do you have the players you know like a samantha massey like a jen sheen some of those players who've been part of the oblates makeup for quite a while who are going to need to have big games um you know along with the rest of them to really be able to tally up the points to, to overcome so i, I think it's I, I would be quite saying i actually couldn't even call this if i had to go one or the other you know i probably will say the phoenix have an opportunity here i think they'll be looking at this it's not maybe who they might have expected um, to, to see you know in, in the next round so it depends on how the teams also prepare and win for this 
Opelot's nothing to lose, you know, at all. This is their their shot for a bit of glory this year. So it'll be um yeah, it'll be all in, but I probably might might give Phoenix a bit of the edge here, but uh it should be a good game for sure. Is there this mentality that Oblitz can buy into of we have nothing to lose here going up against last year's finalists? We are after, you know, that kind of magic that you spoke about, Niall, there about, you know, we made that shot, we're in the next round, can we keep this going? This kind of a Cinderella story. Is that the kind of storyline that the likes of Oblitz can, can really benefit from buying into? Do you try not get wrapped up too much in the story because it's the cup? How do you balance the the story to drive you and not get over too involved in the occasion that you kind of drop the ball on the day. You know, I, I think, you know, it, the, you know, you can use it to give yourself belief, you know, this is our year, you know, this is our year, you know, why be, why be, Pavels aren't going to be complacent, you know, they're not going to think they're going to walk in here and just have an easy one against this Rockets team, but they can take confidence in the fact that, you know, they, they've, they've beaten one of the strongest teams in the league. They're playing Phoenix in the same gym as that game happened, you know, uh, they're playing at home, and they, they know that not, it gives you confidence that you know in the cup you can beat the best. You know, any in any given day, any team can beat anyone else, and they're proof of that now. So that you know, going to the Rockets game now, they'll be full of confidence, and like that home court in Albus too. Like you know, I do like I said at start. I think it's a 50-50 game. I'm I'm just giving the slight A's the Rockets, but if if Albus won this game, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Suzanne, are you on the fence here, or have you given a vote? I mean, it's it's like it, it is it is tight. I think you know to, to what you're saying there. I think you know a team's gotta gotta say yeah. You know sometimes you need to be able to point to a win and say we've done that right. So you've beaten Swords. You, you're you're capable of beating a team who is positioned you know in the in the top half of the table, top two, you know wherever they are. So that gives them an awful lot of confidence. Uh, along with their own belief too. I mean, they're certainly gonna, not going to be short of that. Like, so I think it's, I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be close. Um, I think I, I am going to favor Phoenix here, but I think they might have uh, a little bit more uh, in the tank to offer on the day. Again, Oblets are going to love this, but I'm going to go with, with Phoenix as well. Um, I'm going to move on to the Limerick Celtics versus Temple Oak game. I'm really excited for this one. I got a chance to see Temple Oak uh, beat Swords. Actually, the f- uh, both teams were undefeated going into that game and it was a really exciting match, went to overtime. I mm. uh, got a chance to see uh, Temple Oak up close, who I was really impressed with and a team I like watching as well is Limerick Celtics, who actually beat... Uh, Limerick Sport Huskies, I think, in the first round of the cup, a bit of a Limerick uh, duo, duo or battle there. What can we expect from Limerick Celtics, who are at home uh, versus currently undefeated Temple Oak? Um, you can ex- expect Limerick Celtics to play the confidence and shoot the ball. Like they will, they will get shots up. <laughs> That's what they all do. Like you know, um, and that, that the first game is Huskies in the first round of the cup. Both teams was just a shootout, you know. And I think at the end of the game. Celtics made more shots in the last quarter um, and just got the, a close one. Um, very different to Temple Oak in the sense that Temple Oak wouldn't be as high scoring team, but they're like, like they're undefeated, but they've won two games in overtime and an hour game by two points. You know, so like their, their points differential uh, isn't huge, and they're not they're not coming in and blowing teams out of the water and scoring eighty points in a game, ninety points in a the game. They're winning games in like the sixties and the seventies. But that's because they're a well-coached team with Mark Byrne and they have lots of experienced players who, again, have played together over years. So whenever you're in a close game in the last two minutes, and you know that really is a big advantage. Um, I think Temple will be slightly deeper than Celtics. They're going to play more players. Celtics really only play six players. Um, so 
again, like those six players are very good, and if they're if they're clicking and there's no foul trouble or injuries, then you're grand. But if you get foul trouble or something like that, then that can be a tough situation. And Celtics in the league so far have been sort of up and down. They've, they've won games comfortable, and they lost games you thought maybe they could have won. Uh, they replaced their American just about two, three weeks ago, you know, and at Bristol starts, she looked really good in the last game. So it's a tough one because Temple Ogre undefeated. Um, they're looking, they look really polished. They have the experience. But like, I'd say playing Celtics in the comp in Limerick is probably one of the toughest places to play in Division One. Woman, um, it's just a so there's an unusual court. There's no really other courts like it in the division. Um, and like those girls love playing there. Lucy Devoy um, is playing great for Celtics. Like she's outscoring her Americans a lot of the games. You know, young Irish player. Um, she was meant supposed to go to America this year, um, but for uh, personal reasons, decided to stay. I'm sure Tony Hare was delighted with that. You know, because she's been really on fire. Um, if she's having a good game, Celtics can beat anyone in the league. You know, because like she's not only because she scored the ball, she's a really good passer too. Um, so. Although Temple were undefeated, I might give the McCelltics uh, the age here in this copy at home, which will not make me any fans of my Limerick Eagles teammates, but like, I've got to be honest with you. That's actually something I was going to bring up was was the the effect of the likes of Lucy and the other on the other side of that is Lynn and Lintona for Temple Oak. And when they're when they're both playing on form they are serious serious talents but when they're on form what I love about it is both of them can involve their teammates and because they're going to be a focus they can get their other teammates open Suzanne and if effect that it kind of we're kind of repeating the same thing over again but if they can get their teammates involved on the day and bring in those second or third or even fourth scorers that could be the difference in a, in a game yeah I mean it's it's you know it, it's it's only a particular kind of a special talent and I'm sure you know, Michelle uh, Aspen was teaching in spades down Limerick in terms of being able to create your own offense. You know, she was a, a maestro at being able to do that. It's a very special talent who's able to do that. So you have to have the wherewithal and the skill set to be able to not just contribute offensively in what you produce, but your ability to find players and bring your teammates in and get people in spots and positions that enable them to be effective. And that's where you start to create you know, massive problems. It's it's you know the the best players aren't always the ones um who score the most. You know the reason why, you know sometimes you you know when it comes to teams and who's doing well and who's not, and we talk about the Americans. The reason simply is because it, it kind of almost cancel each other out in terms of it, you start to see the opportunities that the rest can then bring to it. But when you don't have that, the pressure mounts on on others. So, you know, I, I haven't seen either of these two teams play in, in a great amount. So I, I I'm not coming at any of this other than I have to support the Dublin team and say that 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 the Temple Oak should be able to travel. But listen, it sounds like you know it, it it's going to be one of those games where it, it really will be about who brings it on the day. You know, Mark's a very experienced coach. He's a great runner with Liffy in terms of 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 what he brings it's great to have someone on the sideline who has navigated you through overtimes and close wins because that's where coaches kind of earn, you know, a little bit of their money in terms of being able to help teams navigate those, those, those periods. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I will sit firmly on the fence here other than say that maybe the Dublin team, uh, I'll be asking to uh, up the, the Dublin ante for the next round of the of the cup. But um, listen, another good game. Cups are always good games. 
yeah I'm actually I have to say personally one of the games I'm really looking forward to and that when you were talking about there Niall the going to Limerick and playing there Temple Oak travel very well so they're going to bring they are going to bring a good crowd and obviously they were in Zores that day and it's different this is all the way down to Limerick I think I'm I'm really on the fence here. I might go with Temple Oak. I think just the fact that I just saw them click that day and think if they can click again, I think they'll do it. But again, if I I'm just gonna stop at that because I could change all my mind and, buts, and yeah. go with, yeah. with Limerick. Yeah. It's all ifs and buts. <laughs> yeah. Limerick Limerick Celtic's gonna love this as well. But we're gonna move on to the uh to the next game, which is Talca Rovers versus Abbey Seals Dublin Lions, which is in Talca and it's actually a double header with their men's game, which will be straight after, which will obviously make a huge impact on the game again another tight gym uh really enthusiastic crowd against the cur- or the defending champions uh, that should be a cracker i hate playing in a talk gym i hate uh coaching it like there's like double rams the yellow lighting very at a very at a very miserable national league experience coaching against all the teams there a lot of close losses new ones so yeah so personally it's like it's one of my least favorite gyms they coach and play against um, but yeah, double lions. Um, pre season, they were, I think, one of the favorites in this league. You know, um, I think Robert, they bet uh, Waterford in a they, in down in Waterford in this pre season tournament. They beat multiple Super League teams. I think they, I think they played four Super League teams in pre season and beat three of them. Um, their two Americans are phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Rob has recruited really well. Um, I've seen them live in a pre season tournament. Um, and I was really impressed, you know. Um, suddenly, Keenan's side is really tall, but like really good footwork and athletic, and can get offensive rebounds or post up or catch at the mid range. He can shoot the three, you know, so he can block shots. Really dynamic player. And then uh, a butcher trying to pronounce her name, <laughs> Weinmer, um, is also like you know she's a really athletic wing who can shoot, who can drive, who plays phenomenal defense, you know. But they just. I think I think the Northern Conference is probably stronger in Division One, and like they had a couple of really close losses. One of them was the overtime loss to Temple Oak, you know. Uh, they had another really close loss to lost to Cavan Eagles, but since then they've turned around. They've got a few wins and they're more confident now, you know. Um, but yeah, Tolga's American too. She is like a phenomenally skilled player, and then like Dave's brought on the second American two weeks ago. Um, sorry, her names escaped me at the minute. They're a yard American, but she is like. She has all the moves. One of those players, you know, like if she gets you one on one, you're in big trouble, you know, because she can go by anybody. She had step back threes, this sort of stuff. She's really good balance when she drives, takes contact, can finish, you know. So it, c- it could be a battle of the Americans this game, you know, and then it could be a case of which team's Irish players are going to step up. Because as I made a very good point, often in these games, you know, Americans will cancel each other out. You know, you're, you're going to get 60 points or 50 points from your two Americans and whatever. And then it's like, Okay, from the rest, then who's going to step up? Um, and double lines with a lot of talent, um, but they're very young. I know the Wheeler sisters missed some games at the start of the year. I think they had maybe football equipments and injury, um, but they're back now. So, um, it's it, it, yeah, it could be just from which team, which team's Irish players when they step up to the plate, you know, because I think both teams are really good Americans. Lions probably a bit of an advantage because of their size and size of sits of the king, but yeah, I think it's and talk of home court. so this is going to be another tough one. I grew up playing in Talk Rovers, Jim. My my alma, first alma mater, 
first first place I ever played, uh, you know, properly, like you know. So it's um, yeah, you know, I I it's kind of like the opposite to me. It's one of those gyms that um, I I I do quite enjoy. Um, this I I mean exactly what Niall said in, in in this regard. It really is that kind of a game where you've you know incredibly you know strong um and capable Americans who are who are who are producing for their teams. It really is going to be around the, the support cast. And how those players and what those players contribute, I think. Um, tough one to call. Surprised to see lines in this position. You know, again, not just you know based on the preseason performance, but also just on the back of last season, they had an incredibly strong year. Um, going up there in the first instance, so you know, surprised to see them here, and won't be surprised to see them kind of bounce back a little bit. Um, some of the players I would have coached, you know, over at Liffey. Um, so um. Yeah, I, I think in, in this regard, you know, the the talk was home gym, but it's 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 an okay gym to play in terms of certainly you know shooting wise and whatever else. So I I think you know, uh, Dublin Lions should be able to um see this one through. I think I'd agree with you there, um, Suzanne. Again, I haven't seen a huge amount of Talca, but what I've seen from from Lions, what they're able to turn it on, if they can kind of get going in the next few weeks and kind of just click again, like beating Super League teams in the preseason, yeah. like that's a sign. And maybe they're just going through that patch of, you know, there's ups and downs in the season. Maybe this weekend might be the turnaround. I think they play Marvel City Hawks. So I think with the likes of, when you can get the likes of Emily Smith in the court, mm. and, you know, she's shooting, she's hot, you know, I think that'll only open the likes of their two pros who are obviously one of them player of the month is excellent. So I'm going to edge it um, to Dublin Lions on this one. Um, and for just with time-wise, I'm going to move quickly on to... Si- Niall, did you vote on that one? Oh, no. Uh, I will just give it again to Dublin Lions. Just, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're balanced. They're Americans. Like, you know, having Sydney inside and uh, wide we're on the win. Um, it gives them an advantage. So, uh, yeah, it's Dublin Lions for me. Um, yeah, as you say that they're I think I have it here, they're averaging like forty five points between the two of them. Yeah, so um yeah. Uh moving on to the last game, which is McAvoy Cavan Eagles versus SETU Carlo. I only interviewed Kira Tolan about the Cavan game. I actually watched it back as well. Um Kira actually went off injured in that quarter, but the third quarter against St. Paul's, they were down ten and ended the quarter up ten. I think Paul's only scored five points in that quarter. What a turnaround in their home gym. They just lost to Swords the previous week in overtime and they're at home and they do pack out the gym in Cavan. That could be a very tough one for Carlo. It's going to be extremely tough for Carlo. Um, Cavan are, you know, a force. That's St. Paul's game. I remember when it was on, I seen St. Paul's up by like 10, 12 and I thought, oh, they're going to win this one because St. Paul's are undefeated and St. Paul's are like, Probably the deepest team in Division One. Like they are, like that was the biggest upset. Even though Cavan are really good, St. Paul's are stacked. Like um, they just brought back in Sophia from last year. She came back in. I think she was playing in Macedonia, so she's like you know she was an All Star last year, one of the best players in the league for the past two years. Um, and like they're just so deep, and they you know they've I went they won their game. Our men's team were playing a game in St. Paul's, and um, they were playing before us. I think they had like 17, 15 players kitted out and another three players in jeans and the coaching staff and they had to put on like an extra bench. It was like a, an army of players James Lemon had like, you know, and like there's players there on the bench who, who aren't getting on who are good players who like you, who in any other team would be, you know, starting five or six or seven person, like, you know. So they have a, a lot of talent there which is great to see, you know, basketball and Killarney doing that. So it was such a great one for Cavendish. 
they play a team like that, they'll be down by double digits and then they come back, you know. Um, and that shows you how good they are, and especially in their home gym. Because they, they like they get some of the biggest crowds in the country, you know, which for, for women's division one to be getting some of the biggest crowds in the country, you know, that's a credit to what they've done there. And they've built this whole community atmosphere behind a team. Um, and the place is, the cow shed is packed out, you know, and it's, it's great. I've, I've never actually been to game there in person, but it's definitely so on. I want, yeah. I've seen. I was out, I was up there for the Swords game, and you know I know and when you mentioned that about last year, I think their record last year was seven hundred people. In yeah. this, basically, it's like a show center for what the other what six months of the year when the season isn't on, and then when the season is on, it's like this immaculate, probably the best court in the country because it's one of those pull away courts. Probably cost yeah. them I don't know how much money. They've custom baskets. It's a serious setup. I have to say, like fair play to Calvin, what they've done there. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Like you, seven hundred people at a women's division one game. Like that doesn't happen very often, you know. And like they're and they're they're getting good crowds every game, every game. And when you watch the streams, you get a headache with like the, the noise that comes through, like you know. So it's, it's great. It's great to see, like. Um, and so it's going to be tough for Carlo to go down to that. Um, Carlo of one American. Um, Going to face a players at Kevin. You know, Mia Ryan's having a great year for Cat for Carlo. Um, young Irish guard, you know, and she's shooting the ball really well. She's getting to the line, she's playing really well. And but again, somewhere in the Celtics, Carlo don't really go deep into the bench. Kojak this year hasn't got a, a deep squad. And where's Kevin do that? You know, they have three tones. You know, I'm sure Kojak would like they have just one of those. Like, you know, it's their three tones, uh, and they're all talented. They all can, they're all in their own way different. They've Casey Malivi back, and they have their Americans, and they, yeah, so. Cavan uh, are definitely the big favourites for that game, you know. Yeah, yeah. To even further emphasize your point there, now, like, uh, Pauls are five and zero, oh, like, and in the league, and they probably they might even go in and get promoted. And Cavan still took that took that win from them. And I know they, I think they're four and two at the moment. Cavan, I could be wrong, but for them to do that is massive, and for them to build on, I suppose last year they'd been a heartbreak. Suzanne, they lost to Portlaoise in like a last second buzzer beater down in Portlaoise. Um, so for them to come back this year would be massive and again further emphasising what you said um, Niall the three Tolan sisters the other week had 40 points between them yeah. like that's that, yeah, they're great. between the three of them and like 12 rebounds they're just a serious they're a serious outfit and not only them but they have two pros Maeve Coleman now on the sideline they really could really could go all the way here in the cup do you think? Yeah I think they're like, I was, I was I turned the game on um, probably from half time so I was then you know when I saw them in the second half, I mean they were they were exceptional, you know, absolutely exceptional, you know. And actually the 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 Tolan girls, the Americans, just their their style, the brand, what they were doing, their defense, like they just they just had the full package there. And you know, I, I know Maeve and you know Maeve's coach, you know, me for a long time. So I know what she's probably what she's trying to do there and will have an equal emphasis on them, you know, playing defense as well as their ability and, and freedom on the offensive end like so um, yeah, really good, good style, good brand. Their losses have been close enough, and and probably to the teams that are hovering around the top part of of the table too. So, um, in this one, I I would agree. I think it's 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 a little bit too much, um, for Carlo in that respect. I think is is Kira back playing? Is she she she's recovered from the injury? Yeah, she is. I, I, as far as I'm aware, she will be. Yeah, nothing too serious. Yeah, so yeah, so the the having having those girls and and they're just you know the length, the you know the the the, the skill set, the the agility they they have, they offer like it's it's incredible. If you get that clicking, week in and week out, like they're you know, they're strong. You know, they're really strong. So um, yeah, I think it's, a, it's definitely a captain win. Should be definitely be a captain win. Like, 
yeah I think I'll, I'll go for Cavan as well to round up the episode guys thanks so much for your time um, I really appreciate it this is the first panels episode hopefully we'll have you back for um, this after the quarterfinals I'm sure there'll be plenty of people messaging me or yourselves after the round of games when they all go the opposite to what we predicted um, Niall knows from last year so guys thanks a million and best luck to all the teams in the games up to then thanks so much thank thanks, you guys.